And uh, so I'll start off with this, and this is where I got the title last week. Um, I was sitting here in the time of worship, and God just dropped it into my heart and the story. So we normally go to Cape Agulhas for a holiday, um, and uh, it's one of our places where um, it's like when you, you know those places when you walk into the door and you're just like, you know, like everything disappears. You just, the rest is already on you. Anyway, one morning, uh, Ames was asleep. Um, and uh, Dave and Liz were looking after Baba Ray, and I decided to go for a walk. And uh, there's this one pla- place, if you know, Cape Gullis with the lighthouse. It's on the point over there. And so I started walking, had my headphones on, listening to some worship, and uh, I was going to end up to this one pinnacle point there and just, I don't know, just go for a walk and was talking to God. And, and uh, <laughs> so I, I arrived there. I'm having this incredible moment with God. I, I'm writing stuff down, and in the corner of my eye, I see this young couple. I don't know if they were teenage, late teenagers or just varsity or whatever, but they're arriving, and I could see, like, the baskets, and I was like, well, this oak's on a date. He's going to, he's, uh... anyway, so they literally set up, like, just next to me. So I'm watching this in the same time. I'm trying to, like, yeah, focus on God, and, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, when the, the blanket comes out, you know, when strawberries come out, that something dodgy is going to happen. And then um, all of a sudden, there was a selfie stick, and I was like, oh, my word. So anyway, I'm just uh, watching this and not watching it. And all of a sudden, they just, man, it's like they've never kissed before. And they were just going for it. And here I am standing, like, right next to them. They have no scar, and I'm busy, like, yeah, Lord, I'm just, I'm just trying to concentrate on you, God. And here, <laughs> right next to me, these oaks just snogging, like, a, like, literally, man. Not going to graphics, but Flip, he was... Uh, he was looking for a filling. That's all I can say. So, and uh, in that moment, I was just like, hey, God, I'm living, I'm trying to live well here. And in, and in the, the same time, the world is not stopping for us to have a good time with the Lord. And I was saying kissing's bad, but, um, but it was just funny at that moment where it was a really incredible time of God speaking to me. And I had to kind of push through because they weren't going definitely or I had to leave. And I just pushed in, I just went a little bit further in and, uh, and just carried on and kind of ignored them and uh, ended up having a, a really good time um, with God. And so we're living, you know, the, God has called us to live well. And, um, but the, at the same time, we smack in the middle of an unwell world. It's the reality. And... Uh, how do us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, live well in these times and to, to, to be in a place where it doesn't affect us? Um, and uh, I remember Anton Kater, he said he, he, was in, uh, he was in Johannes, no, he was in America and he was on a way to one conference and he felt God say to him, I want you to practice my presence with secular music. Don't worry about theology and stuff like that. But he, he was listening to just normal music. And God said, listen, I want you to be able to push into me when it's not just worship music. I'm not saying that you almost do that now. But that was for him. So he's living well in an unwell world surrounded by us. So if you've got your Bibles, Galatians 2, verse 20, it says, and he has the key about the art of, of living well in an unwell world is found in the Scripture. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So the key in this verse, it says, it's no longer I, say I, who live, but Christ who lives in me, say me. So we see here that it's no longer I who live. Isn't that the, 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 the thing of, I'm just trying to survive. But here in this scripture says, it's not up to us if we live. It's, it's Christ in us. It's no longer I. But Christ lives in me. So how do we live well? How do we? As uh, last week we, we, we saw that it's in the spirit, but it's, it's only in him. Can we truly live well? So, just this week, I felt God say to, to me for, for Southern Gateway, to you, to us, is that He wants, in order for us to live well in an unwell world, He, needs to, he wants to take some things away and He wants to put some things back in our lives in order for us as a people to live well in an unwell world. And so the first point is, I was last week and even at prayer and even last week, um, I feel like the church has become uh, too dignified. Just too dignified, too squeaky clean. Can I say it like that? Too polished. And it is something that God has been speaking over my life is, you know, that we're becoming undignified for Him. And it's, it's a... It's the, the, kind of the one word that I kind of just keep getting is the word raw. Just like authentic. It's just not this, this, uh, this polished, perfect structure machine that works and actually it does, actually does not need God because it's just functioning. Actually, that's when the church becomes too dignified. And God's called us to be undignified. And so I felt something gateway to say to get off your horse. Get off your horse. We, we, in Agalus, we went to this, this restaurant for, for, for Ray, and it was, a, um, it was a, what's it, a park where you could touch an animal? A touch farm, that's it. And there was a horse and a donkey. And... Uh, the amazing thing, they were standing because you can feed them. And on the sign on the fence, it says, do not feed the horse. Okay? Because it will bite. So anyway, so we're going there. Obviously, the father wants to test the limits, you know. So I was like, no, we're going to tap the donkey, not the horse. And it's amazing how this donkey, you know, we all know a donkey. He's like, he's just chilling there. He's, and this horse comes in and bumps him and, and wants to come across the donkey, and he's you know, like that kind of thing, and he's trying to eat the food, you go for the donkey, he comes and he takes the donkey's food, and the donkey's just like, e or you know, like, you know, like I don't know, he's just like chilled, and he's like, you know what, doesn't matter, but the amazing thing is that he allowed Ray to, to pet him, to touch him, touch the ears, and it was amazing, and sometimes we can be just horses, You know, in, in Luke 19, it says, when Jesus says, he sends out his disciples into the town, and he asks for what, a horse or a donkey? A donkey. 
and he walks into the streets, and they throw palm trees, and they shout out, Hosanna, Hosanna, to the highest. That's what God has called us. I think Yaku prayed it on, on prayer on a lot of these things I just took from people's prayers. He says, you know, sometimes we just to lose our pride, to lose our pride as, as Christians, to get off our horses, to be that, in a sense, we, we are the donkeys that are carrying Jesus into the world. What a privilege, humbly, without trying to, you know, like the horse. And it's beautifully made, and horses are beautiful, don't get me wrong, because I'm, I think sometimes we think we're Jesus, and because Jesus is coming back on a horse. So we put ourselves on Jesus' horse and say, listen, that's who we are, but actually Jesus is coming back on the horse, not us, to judge, to be that one. We are, God's called us, and he's shown us a pattern to be the ones that just to bring Jesus humbly into the world. So, be the donkey. Don't be Shrek. Be the donkey. And that's just undignified. That for me is freedom. Free. And I'm, in the past while I've been, I've been, I take a lot of photos and uh, I've been getting so bored with, with digital cameras. And uh, I love it because you can edit it. You can take a terrible picture of someone's face. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Of, of anything. And all of a sudden, you can, you can edit it to the point that it lo looks like there was never a mistake. And don't you think sometimes the church can be like this? Mark Buffet prayed this. He said that we are in a point-and-shoot culture in the church. We just point and shoot. Doof. There's no, it's just quick you think about the Bible app's amazing, but just think about how quick the Bible app, sometimes we have our quiet time. There's no like hunger for Jesus. It's just like point, shoot, okay, next thing. Point, shoot, next thing. And so for me, I decided to go into old school film. So this is a, a Nikon F. So this was the first camera. It, was, uh, it, it shot most of the Vietnam War. It's completely mechanical. It doesn't take any batteries. And uh, for me, it was just amazing to this compared to this. I think the authentic, like you can feel it. It's real. It takes, the thing about the film camera, it costs a lot of money. So I have to, listen to it, I have to get order film from Cape Town, courier it, yeah? put it in, take a shot, carry it back, and then pay for it to be developed, to send to me. So it's quite an expensive hobby. So each shot you take, it's like a wonder. There's, there's also like a mystery. Don't you think we've lost the mystery of Christ? Just like you take, there's a smile. Oh, awkward. <laughs> that was a bit awkward. You take it. Just listen to the shutter speed. There's one done. So I've taken one. And the excitement, I have no clue what that looks like. Even though that I can see Yaku's beautiful face in it. But it, it, there's this authentic realness. Like coming back 
to actually paying a price for what we do, to digging into the Word, not this point-and-shoot Christianity, but literally you have to change all the shutter speeds, the, the aperture, and then literally only by then you can take a picture. But still then, there could be something completely wrong with it. But the amazing thing is when we get those results, it's mind-blowing. That's what God wants us. Not to be a modern camera. The church mustn't be modern. The church must just be real. And just follow Jesus. And just be authentic. There'll be a cost, like I said this morning, a cost towards, um, towards our worship. And you see... Um, God's plan for His church is never to be a heavy loaden. His, his yoke is easy and His burden is light. And so when we work, when we, when we live authentic lives, when we live lives that are honoring Jesus, it will be easy. That's what Jesus is saying. When He gave it to His church, I think, um, you know, the, the incredible blessing of walking with ease when we're on purpose with Him. It's like it shouldn't be hard work. And so the first point, just get off your high horse. The second thing is, is um, just an unwell voice that is, in a sense, dripping into our culture of church our, and onto our hearts. And it's just this unwell voice of the world kind of trying to get into, into our lives. And so to illustrate that, I mean, if you, if, this is way back in COVID times. If I shared it, uh, if you watched our online things, you would have, wouldn't have heard it, so forgive me. But one night, me, we were living on the island, and uh, one night at 10 o'clock, there was this cricket. Um, who's ever had a cricket in their in the houses? It's like, I promise you, it's like a demon. In the, in the, it just keeps going. You look, it sounds like it's there, but it sounds like it's there, and it sounds like it's there. So we're searching everywhere. It's like ringing in our ears. It was so loud. And uh, so eventually, myself, this is way before Ray, and we're looking for this cricket, and I said to, I said to Babe, no, I, think it's, I think it's either in the roof or on top of the roof. And so I decide to, and this was in the middle of COVID, Okay, so everyone was scared just to go out into the air. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't cross the street to the grass prairie. We were too scared. Anyway, so that was the hard lockdown. So there was, you know, when you, it was completely quiet, no cars. Anyway, so I said, okay, I'm going to get out the window. And it's one of those windows that go up and like this. So it was even difficult. So I climbed through. Eventually, I'm standing on the roof, literally in my undies. That's all. And I thought I was standing there, and I was like, Literally, I think if Peter Pan came, I would probably go. Um, and it was completely quiet, and I was looking all over these tiles, and I was looking, where's this cricket? And uh, eventually it stopped, and so and I was like stomping on and trying to get rid of it, and then decided I had to go back in, and um, it stopped. But it was amazing how one cricket, just one little small little insect, brought incredible disruptive to our sleep. Just one little cricket. And that's all it takes. It's just one little unwell voice just to, to begin to affect the way we look at God and the way we do our lives. And the thing is, is it's trying to deceive us, this unwell voice. It's trying to deceive us. And it's trying to paint a picture. Whatever it's saying, it is well. You'll live well. 
if you listen to this voice. That's why, you know, when, when um, Satan put, you know, Jesus and he said, listen, you know, jump and I'll, I'll save you. You know, all, the, all this is your kingdom. I can just, just say the word and all this, the whole earth will be your kingdom. And it's just like a small little things as believers we begin to listen to and to hear. But I believe that the world is beginning to see the unwell voice in its true sense. That the world is looking, is searching for wellness. And they will try literally everything to try and live a life that is well. Jesus is the answer. Yeah. We can be so sometimes so career driven instead of being kingdom driven. We can be these things that, that, that will come against us to say, if you just do this, you'll be well. You know, one of the things, one of we struggling with, myself and Ames, is time. Don't have much time. <laughs> We've got to, almost next week it's a year, raise a year, I can't believe it. And um, one of the things is, yeah, I don't have time. I don't have time to exercise. We've got to literally, it's a difficult juggle as, as parents. I'm sure many of you um, have been through it or going through it. And that's one of the biggest things in our lives. And I felt God say to me, Paul, if, if you want more time, give me more time. It's just a simple, simple thing. Give me more time. It's, oh, I, don't, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time for my family. Well, spend more time with him and he will give you. Because in, in Psalm, it says that, uh, 31, it says, our time is in his hands. So he controls time. What do we factor on? What do we take first away? It's Him. And then we expect the world, our worlds, to be well, but actually the, the person that, the very person that is the, the, the author of life is least in our lives. Does that make sense? It's a good. The third thing I just felt God say to, to Southern Gateway is, is bored Christians. I think Celeste, you prayed it. I can't remember who prayed it on Tuesday. Bored Christians. It's amazing that it rings so much truth. I think there's so many, even us, maybe sitting here today, that we're bored. We're bored. We have no purpose. We're disappointed. we lost without a cause. We, we're sinful. We, uh, we're just good old-fashioned bored. Our walk with Christ has become bored. It becomes boring. And in Isaiah 55 verse 1, it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread? How's that? And your labor for what does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. And delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear 
that your soul may live. And I will make you an everlasting covenant. So your soul may live. He's like, what are you spending your money on? He's saying, what are you spending your money on? What are you saying this? Why are you, why are you eating? Listen, if you want your soul to live, come to me. Incline your ear. Listen to me. And the question that I have this morning is then, is why are we created? Why are we created? In Psalm 139, it's beautiful. This isn't great. Write it down and read it later. Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and I know me, and you know me. You know where I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before the, a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hear me behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on wing, wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will uphold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me, the light, and the light become night around me, even in darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You, For you created my inmost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that in full well. My frame is not hidden from you when I've made in a secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. Why are we created? We are created when we're created to worship. We're created for worship. And when we, listen, when we pursue something or someone else and it's not what we're created for, we lose our purpose and we get bored. And God is not called bored Christians. If you're sitting here this morning in a sense that you've, you feel like you've fallen into boredom, you're just in the, 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 the cogs of the walk with Christ, that is not what God has originally intended us to be, is our worship. And if you feel like you you have no purpose. Go back to worship. One, one time, we, there was this lady who, I can't remember her name, but she, she was in a terrible car accident. So she had a lot of brain uh, damage, and she struggled with her speech, but she came. And uh, she, she loved worship. I remember uh, she just used to stand and just, when I led worship, she just closed her eyes like this the whole time. And one morning, I was walking through, was set up. And by this, this piano over here, all of a sudden, I hear this incredible melody. And I honestly thought, you know, like on pianos, you can push play. <laughs> and it plays this beautiful recorded melody. I thought it was someone, some kid came in. So I came through, like, and there she was, just 
playing this beautiful, beautiful melody. And that moment, she just had her eyes closed and she was just worshiping. Now the world threw her a massive curveball. But in the midst of, of that, she still found it to have worship and purpose. Incredible that she didn't lose. She lost her way of speaking, most of our move, or a lot of her movement, but she never lost the ability to play the piano. Incredible. She didn't lose the ability to worship him. And when we lose our worship, we become bored. We just, and I think that's where so, so many of us, we, we lose the desire to follow Jesus. And I really trust that this year will be a year that Jesus is becoming so real to us. Real, authentic, that we don't have to polish it up. It might be messy, it might be unknown, it might be undignified, but it's Jesus. When he walks in, things begin to change. Things tremble at his presence. And if we as a people want to be this authentic Christ followers, that, that there's, a, there's, there's a cost, there's a, an element of hunger, the desire, a mystery of who Jesus is. This unwell world, like that couple, will be so moved by their presence, by his presence. And I just, you know, the, the, in 1 Peter, I'll end here with 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, something gateway, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. And so when we walk with Jesus, we live well. If we bored, we find no purpose. And I really felt this morning, I want to tell you if you can, just, that, that, just have a moment where we give Jesus some more of our time and allow Him to, to minister unto us. And I, and I felt like, number one, if, if, if you just feel that you've become a bored Christian, just a Christian that has lost his, he or she's purpose, where maybe you've just listened to the dripping tap of the world, the unwell world, Or maybe literally God just wants to get you off your high horse and to humbly come before Him and allow Him to, for us to carry Jesus in. Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest just picture that in this village close your eyes in the village where Jesus was beginning to walk they could probably sense the power of Jesus walking in the town sensed that that breakthrough was coming 
They heard whispers. They have heard rumors in the air of the Son of God. And all of a sudden, here comes their Savior, Jesus, on a donkey. Humble. Humble to even to the death on the cross. They throw their palm trees. They throw their their hands up. They shout out in praise. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And I really feel like God wanting for us. The disciples had to, in Acts, when, when Jesus went up to heaven, and he promises them the Holy Spirit. Because he says, it's better for me to go because when the Holy Spirit will come, he will guide you in all the truth. And so the disciples had to switch. Had to switch from seeing and feeling the present flesh Jesus to not seeing him at all and trusting life through the Holy Spirit. And the incredible thing for us, friends, is that right now through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can be closer to Jesus than the disciples. We don't need Him to be physically in the flesh here because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will search the mind of Christ, the God, and reveal it to those who love Him. So why don't we stand and... uh, Just give a moment where you can come before God, do some some stuff before Him. And uh, and just in a place of worship, just if you are one of those three things. uh, And the cool thing is that you can go before God right now. You can deal with these things right now. And so if you're feeling bored, just put up your hands. Close your eyes. Don't think about the next person. The church has become so too much aware of their neighbors and not enough about Jesus. We're so scared of what people think of us. But actually, the creator of heaven, that's the one that we need to, in a sense, fear. And so if you're a bored Christian, if you feel like you've just been listening to the drips, the tap of the world, saying, I didn't have enough pay increase. I'm this or I'm that. I, I can't do I'm, I'm not satisfied with this. I'm, not, I'm, I'm complaining there or I'm doing this, Lord. And the, the trip that it's just dripping, 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 dripping. If that's you, just lift up your hands. And if that's you, just for... God, just to humble you, that we humble ourselves to get off our high horses. Lord, we, we, we pray right now for those, Lord, who are responding. And we say, thank you, Lord, that you are the God who meets us. You are the God who meets us where we are. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, for those who feel like they're bored. Maybe they've, they've, they've just lost their first love in you. I pray right now, Jesus, would you fill them with your love. 
that Jesus, that you reveal yourself in a powerful way to them. I pray that their worship will be a season of incredible worship in their quiet times. That worship will bubble up inside of them. Lord, I'm not just talking about just worship in song, but I pray our worship and our work. Father, that we'll change the way we see work. Because, Lord, we don't do work for the, our bosses or our CEOs. We do it for you. And, Lord, we want to we work well, Father, because, Lord, we do it unto you. And I pray for that, Lord. I pray against laziness. I pray against lazy Christians that are not prepared to dive into God's word. I'm speaking to myself that we're lazy. But, Father, I pray for a hunger to desire to come in our hearts to go deeper, to go wider, to go higher like never before, Father, that we won't be sad. We'll be like Jacob, Father, that holds on to you. And I pray, Father, for those who are just feeling like they've just been drip-fed by the world. I pray, Lord, right now that you will liberate them from that voice. And only the voice that you can hear is the rushing wind the rushing water, the seas, the ocean, the tremendous and utmost beautiful voice of Jesus in our lives. I pray against that, Father. I pray against the world trying to infiltrate into our hearts where we've given the heart, our hearts to you. Will you come and minister to our hearts this morning? We bind the lies. We bind the lies. I'm not good enough. We bind the lives of the sense of unworthiness, unrighteousness. I pray, God, by your grace, Jesus, will you speak into our hearts this morning. And I pray for all of us, Lord, that in a sense, Lord, we'll get off our high horses. Southern Gateway, get off your high horse. Become in a sense, the carrier of Jesus to wherever we go. Just to sing that last. So just stay here. Just another two or three minutes. Just God wants to, to minister with us.
Amen. 